This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, this is Brian Donovan, and you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Leave Hurricane! It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from and luckily there's a show called talk time we've been waiting for this for a long time Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news special guests and unbiased reviews suburban kids the hipster street dudes all can learn something new me too i heard words with no faith is empty i stayed the course though my haters tempt me beat the podcast that'll make them envy it ain't too trendy it's acmg anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games that come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games that come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games that come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah you know i often open this show letting you know that this is the journal of my life that covers all things acmg and this is this holds to be true both the good and the bad and this is one of those weeks where your this part of the journal is going to cover the bad. Um, not in terms of whatever news is going on, but what's going on in my world. Um, I, the fact that I'm here right now, I can say I mentally made it <laughs> through this week and still pushing through whatever pain I've gotten through. Um, if you haven't found out, if you haven't listened to the previous uh, podcast episodes that I did with um, the select start video game podcast. I'll, you know, reiterate everything I said from there. So this week there's, well, last week, actually, there was an, a situation. Uh, I didn't bring it up last week's episode because I was still trying to figure out what the hell was going on. It was a real moment. Um, I was going through a whirlwind, a mental whirlwind with the idea of what has occurred. And basically what happened is I'm in one of thousands of people on social media on facebook let's let's go down get down to it on facebook that has lost their accounts in some form or fashion um some people lost their personal accounts i did not um thank goodness i guess for that if i lost that i wouldn't be too worried about that but what i did lose it meant everything to me and that was the acmg facebook group itself uh, somehow, some way, 
last Sunday. This is a week away from it now. Um, woke up in the morning, checks, checks the group page, check in comments, check in whatever. And then all of a sudden, boom, just like, like as if Thanos snapped his fingers, the whole entire group was gone. I, I was getting notifications of errors that, you know, this comment couldn't be made or whatever like that. And all of a sudden I lost access to the group. The group is nowhere to be found. There's none existent. And I'm, you know, as, as time is going by, I'm freaking out. No, oh, I'm not, re I'm not completely freaking out. Cause if I was truly freaking out, my whole entire office would have looked like it was a tornado in it. So I was trying to keep my composure, trying to rationalize the situation. It also, while I'm doing that, I'm also going through the motions of thinking like the, the unbelievable happened. And I just, it's just trying to, you know, come to terms with the idea that this is happening. So, um, as rational and calm as I can possibly be, I'm trying to figure out what to do next. What's, what's my go-to. So, you know, of course, what else did you try to find, you know, help center from meta, whatever like that, see what happens. Of course, if you, if you dealt with meta in terms of certain issues that you've had and technical issues that you had with your Facebook account, whatever, you know, it's a failed attempt because they don't respond. They don't, they just have bots that try to help you out and it doesn't help every situation. It's just borderline crazy. Um, maybe one of you, one or a few of you that are listening have experienced the same thing recently. Cause it just happened like a week. We're a week away from it and people are still wondering what the hell's going on and where's their account. Some people have lost their personal account. Some people have lost their business pages. Some people have lost like myself, their group pages. I've had my group page for literally over a decade. Great memories, great times, you know, unbelievable moments, you know, met a great amount of people over the years. Um, we talked, we discussed, we argued, we debated, but we always come to some camaraderie of fandom that we all agree with that we enjoy. And the fact that that is, <coughs> excuse me, the fact that that is virtually no longer existent. It, it, I couldn't wrap my head around it. It was like, it was really bad. I even had to do an emergency therapy session. You know, my therapist, I emailed him. He immediately like, I'll call you as soon as I get back and, uh, to check up on you or whatever. And, you know, first he, I'm, I'm really happy because he said I did all the right things <laughs> towards this and, and the way I've handled it to what I've done and even reaching out to him. Um, you know, he's dope. He, he he's the dude is dope. He's, you know, one of the best things that's happened this year, bar none, please people get yourself a therapist. If you need it, you know, it, it literally helps you, especially if you're doing the things that I do, where it's like, you got a whole workload of weight on you that you're putting on. So you want to need somebody it, it, friends are good, but you know, sometimes friends don't have the best suggestions or they don't know how to, you know, get around of trying to help you as best you can, but their support means everything still, but having a therapist really, especially one like him where he has a psychology degree too. He thoroughly understands how to process the situation, you know, gets you on a right road and direction of what to do next. Um, under your own merit, not like his suggestion. He does, he does things philosophically. So, I mean, it, it works out, but I digress. 
I was waiting to find out what was happening. I read all these comments of people going through the same thing. And it's atrocious that Meta does not help you in the way that you need. Um, the fact that they don't have any customer service and the fact that this guy is getting paid oogles of um, money and doesn't have to care about how he affects people you know who invest in his product on a daily basis you know uh, you know just assimilate assimilate their lives into these things only for them like to go through hell when everything's gone all your memories all your everything that you have accomplished everything you've done just gone now it took me a week to do this and i addressed it to the few people that I knew I've about like 42 people that I have on my Facebook list from the group to at least let them know because you know in, in credit to the people in the group that instantly contacted me to do a health check on me because they were like what the hell happened I can't get an ACMG is everything okay are you okay um so thank you for that if you're listening to this I deeply appreciate it um everybody who reached out in fact um you know, tr- trying to figure out what the hell is going on with me. And, and uh, the fact that they were more worried about me <laughs> than them getting access to the group, I thought was awesome. So, you know, sh- kudos to you. So after a week, I recently this uh, Friday addressed all of them uh, with a formal announcement, letting them know. And thank you to all of them who reached out and reached back and say, like, you know, this sucks, but no matter what, we got you. We're going to we're going to rebuild this village as best we can. The village was populated with over a couple thousand, almost 3000, you know, people in the group. Um, I don't know to what end we're going to get that amount of people or if, whether we're going to get more, but I've always been a person who's a bit, who's been about quality more than quantity. And even more, yes, ACMG presents talk time live was born from this village. But I'm happy to say that Talk Time Live, the podcast, grown out of this village and into its own entity in its own world, being recognized by many of the guests in many of the companies and I've, you know, connected with in the industry who only knows us from, you know, the actual podcast, this podcast. Um, So with that said, this loss of this village has no, by any means, no effect on this podcast. This podcast is now a separate entity of itself, but in still connection to the Facebook group, which it stems from. Um, I'm at least grateful for that. And those were one of the rationalized, um, you know, factors that I, you know, took account for. So we're still up, we're still here and we're still going to kick it live, but I got I got some work to do. Uh, You know, as my therapist said, he definitely quoted me with Thor philosophy and reminded me that Asgard is not a place that is a people. And that is so true. Um, I also had a tendency to want to watch Wakanda forever again because of what happened to Wakanda at the hands of uh, Namor. So, you know, all these things kicked up, but this really felt like a Thanos moment and it's appropriate that what we're going to talk about today in our talk topic is going to match up with this and is going to segue into this because we're going to we're going to talk about the first episode of secret um 
Secret Invasion and how Nick Fury was factoring after all of the events of uh, Infinity War when he got blipped. So, you know, when I watched that, there was a lot to relate to in that aspect. So I'm looking forward to talking about that episode and the explosive ending that has got the entire, uh, you know, all fans and social media platforms everywhere. Like, what the hell? I can't believe this happened. Did it really happen? And much more. So we'll talk about all that and even my conspiracy theories. This this series is definitely going to generate a lot of conspiracy theories uh, in the next six weeks or so. So, uh, it, it, you know, six episodes. So we're going to talk about it and see what I thought about it and, um, and much more from there. So uh, we got more news to talk about. So um, I just want to say before we get on to the next uh, segment, just thank everybody. Thank all our ACMG members for all your support. The ones that are sticking with me that will come back to the village and the ones that don't realize what's going on and don't know and probably are searching for this ace and if you're listening to the podcast we're still here you did not get banned it's an unfortunate situation but we will be back very soon with a brand new village with a brand new uh, group with a grand brand new home and the same great quality that you are used to because say what you will no matter what our facebook group did things that other facebook groups dare not to do we contests and every and gatherings and all this that we did it so i'm hoping that we could do it again especially in this climate of our society right now this very cynical and jaded you know society that we're in we want to bring back comfort we want to bring back um fun in our fandoms like it was you know years prior to up till like 2019 it's all about making the opportunity to connect not just online but in person that's my biggest thing I am a big fan of community and the more we work together the stronger we are the more mentally healthy that we are that's what I wanted to accomplish this is not you know we don't have Facebook groups to you know shit post and shit talk all the time and try to prove that we know each other know more than the other we're here to connect like-minded and favorable things and that's what it should be. And it's amazing how our context online is different from our context when we see each other in person. I know that to be true because I've met a lot of people from our group that spanned it from around the world. And I'm damn sure I want to make sure we do that again. So we'll see. But again, thank you to all of them. And to those who, you know, have been in through the years, thank you for it as well. So Definitely will do that. But like I said, we got a lot of news to go on to talk about. So let's not waste any time, folks. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. So I talked about this briefly on the select start video game podcast. And I also talked about it on uh, my appearance of the rampage ramble with my man, Boris uh, Roberto Aguilar of Sunday night's main event on TSN radio in uh, Toronto, Canada. Um, I got a chance to play mortal Kombat one stress beta. I actually played it a little bit this morning and I gotta say, Oh my goodness. Um, 
I, again, I said this before, but in 2023, we have a year where we're getting a new Street Fighter game and a new Mortal Kombat game in the same year. This is unbelievable. This is very unbelievable. And I said before, if, if Street Fighter was the only major legendary game to come out this year, it would be a land. It would be a instant knockout landslide of a vote for fighting game of the year. However, when the news that Mortal Kombat 1 was coming and we saw a bit of the footage and, you know, gameplay footage and whatnot and graphics and now the stress test, which I got a chance to check out. Folks, I'm here to say Street Fighter is not going out without a fight and it's a big fight. This in, in the weekend that we have AEW Forbidden Door, where we're going to have a main event with Brian Danielson versus Kasuchika Okada. And then on top of that, we have a match with the rematch with um, Osprey and, and Kenny Omega. This rivalry between Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat is equally as big. This is equally a, as big of an uh, of a rivalry as it always been. And this is, you know, the coming of the ages type of, you know, battle where normally Street Fighter would beat Mortal Kombat. But after playing this stress test where you get to play as four characters in here and one of which is Fire Guy Luke King. So we finally get to play as Fire Guy Luke King because if you guys remember, we didn't get a chance to play him in a single player mode in 11. We got to play him on a story mode, but now we get to play this even more evolved version of Liu Kang. And I got to say, this is the best Liu Kang that I've ever played. I love this this new fire god version of him it, it they they really lived up to it so after playing this game and the way it looks visually stunning i mean if you compare visuals compared to with street fighter and mortal kombat street fighter is awesome looking mortal kombat just it there's you cannot deny how awesome mortal kombat looks in the in this game it looks phenomenal on top of that the gameplay control schemes and everything i mean if you use if you like that mortal kombat style you're gonna love this it's equally as fluid fluent as you would you know say it was for you know street fighter in a sense all the moves that you're able to pull off easily and you know fast very fast more fast paced than street fighter street fighter always has a balanced type of feel to it where you know it's it, you know you can pick up the pace but you can slow it down too and it's like you know, it's all about timing. This right here, especially because they have the, that new, I, I'm going to, I don't know what they want to call it. It's like a tag system, but it's more like, and I mentioned this to Boris on, um, on his podcast. It's really more like if you guys play one of the, I think it was King of Fighters. It might've been King of Fighters 99 which had the striker system. So basically they didn't, you know, it wasn't an elimination type of thing. You had a striker deal where you fight, but then you click on a button and one of your partners will come out to help you and attack your um, opponent. This is in the same realm. Like, unfortunately, this is no, not a nuance type of thing for um, fighting games. This has already been done. Uh, SNK can get total credit for doing that because it's it, they were the ones that first uh, factor that feature in but what makes this different is that 
this time is you it's do you activating your partner or striker if you will it's kind of in the same way that um street fighter has the modern the modern control scheme so basically you tap one button but you hit a directional button just you know do a particular attack that your partner will uh, uh initiate onto your opponent so you're doing that plus you can you can do combos as well on top of that so you add into the combos it creates a crazy 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 type of uh game form of gameplay a really fast pace type of gameplay which is very similar to that of mortal kombat 3 with the combos and the runs you know the running combos and all this stuff so this adds a little bit more depth to the uh fighting game so a little more intensity if you will to it so i really like that um the fatalities just as awesome uh the the stress test had two things it had a um it had a combat mode which is like an arcade basically the combat mode um consisting of you know maybe four or five stages like your normal uh arcade type of deal and then there was online versus i worked through both loading rapidly virtually like you you didn't even notice anything no lagging at all so far so uh, so far so great with this just like it was with street fighter when i did the beta uh the beta for that one um it's just oh man i, I said this before if it comes down to it, it's not going to be about game when it comes to those two games going head to head with each other for fighting game of the year and i don't know what other fighting game is coming out but it's not going to be beating any of these two okay everybody just needs to get out the way i don't know what other fighters is coming out it's not messing with street fighter six or mortal Kombat one it's just not um when it goes to the head to head it's not going to be about control scheme it's not going to be about visuals although i will say mortal Kombat one looks even just tremendously better in that aspect that's not taking anything away from street fighter six street fighter six has a very illustrated uh manga like visual which is awesome but the crisp and clean hd look cinematic look of mortal kombat it just looks phenomenal it's not going to be about controls it's probably going to come down to story and how they tell the story which i spoke about with street fighter 6 was one of the you know weaknesses of the game is that their story didn't connect like if you like i said they had a comic book a mini comic book mini series um that udon entertainment came out with which kind of told what was going on in terms of what ken was doing with jp and and how he got set up but then you play the game and it really doesn't focus on that because it's all about your your avatar but some mentions of it happened but almost as if it was an afterthought and almost like it was like it already happened they already found out that that ken was um you know proven innocent of a situation even though he still lost all his money and everything towards it it's just like he's just moving on so i i kept telling myself i'm like all right this has to lead into like a another story expansion that hopefully will come out in connection to this whole entire thing it has to because if it doesn't the story is very it has a lot of plot holes it, it there's a lot of disconnect towards the main story here so when it comes to mortal kombat and other realm studios whether it's mortal kombat or whether it's injustice or whatever 
their stories are so well told because they use actual writers from WB, you know, that works on other projects, whatever like that. And these writers are awesome. Like these guys write some great stories for these games that when you play or watch a Mortal Kombat cutscene or you watch an Injustice cutscene, it's like watching a a actual production, a cinematic production from Warner Brothers. Well, because it is Warner Brothers that is doing this. So it has that Warner Brothers quality to it. And that will overshadow any part of uh, Street Fighter VI's current story right now. Again, we don't know if they're coming out with a story expansion. I hope they do because it needs to make sense. Even though the Shadow Falls was, I like the Shadow Falls for Street Fighter V, it, it made sense. It wasn't the most tight of stories, but it made sense. It was a little bit loose, but they made sense of what was happening in the story when it came to taking out Shadowloo and, and, and Bison and everything. But from since Ed Boom and Netherrealm decided to reboot the entire series when uh, Mortal Kombat 9, the story development changed astronomically and everything was just so great. The character development was so great. And now here we are again with Street Fighter 1 where they're rebooting the whole entire thing again because Liu Kang has rewritten everything based on what he did on uh, Mortal Kombat 11. It was awesome. It's, it's, it's awesome so far. So it, if I know from what I remember from the other games is that this game is going to be this, the, the game story is going to be awesome. Another thing that may that we're going to be focusing on is what other features that NetherRealm is planning to do. Now, when they do Mortal Kombat games, a lot of times they do have some extra features, whether it's Crypt, whether, you know, in the past we had, you know, Mortal Kombat Chess, which Battle Chess, which I really wish they bring back. Um, there was also the Tetris game too. So, uh, you know, there was some really cool mini games that came along with it or whatnot. And, you know, of all the times to be able to do that, now is the time because this is a new gen system with a bigger processor than before. You're able to put in more, you know, um, you know, information and content in there. And they are planning to do something. They haven't revealed what it is. And you can't find out on a stress test because it's just to the bare minimum, below bare minimum of what you're going to do in there. So maybe the next stress test possibly, but this game's coming out in September. So, which is not that far away. I mean, we're about to hit July right now. And uh, it, it's a... Uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna be very interesting but i'm telling you guys now if you haven't checked out the stress test you've probably seen a lot of footage online uh right now of the stress tests you know uh deals so get ready this mortal Kombat is going to be a banger i mean a, an absolute banger i i cannot wait for this so that you know i've already pre-ordered the game on a ps5 i, I pre-ordered it for the switch too because um I like many enjoy the switch version, you know, for on a go, it's all, Mortal Kombat 11 was so great. Um, the frame rate was awesome. They managed to, you know, they focused more on the frame rate than it was the, you know, the graphics in this case, and it worked like a charm. They, you know, when they first talked about coming out with, um, that game, people were a little bit skeptical because of what happened with 2k games when they tried to do WWE 2k 18. And again, once again, I said this before, Nintendo proved that whatever happens with these developers, it has nothing to do with the hardware, it has a lot to do with their development skills and their software. They came out and did Breath of the Wild 
and they came out with uh tears of the kingdom to show people not only what, how powerful nintendo is but what we can do with, with our pro with our own product let me show you by example so when you got 2k games doing what they're doing is no excuse which is why i am so eagerly waiting to play fight forever on um on air to see if you know thq nordic and ukes got it now granted ukes was a part of that situation too ukes was a part of that situation so we don't know what led to the debacle but also i will say blind squirrel was a third-party developer for the 2k uh, 18 series um so that may have something to do with it but we're, we're gonna see how this is gonna work i already seen footage you know on xbox like boris showed me on, on the um rampage ramble podcast yesterday that uh some of the features like the the, the hardcore matches the lights out matches with the they got tax in the damn game it the, fight forever looks awesome i needed to look awesome on air and then on top of that you know we also spoke about the fact that we're now getting Ark the arkham the batman arkham trilogy in this in this uh console so i mean like there is more proof that power can be played on that platform and uh i'm just i'm very much looking forward at all i know mortal kombat 1 is gonna is gonna play good on on the uh switch because it played really good on um on uh for mortal kombat 11 so we'll see but get ready trust me you're gonna want to buy this game you're gonna want to pre-order now I it's just unbelievable. It's just it's it's blow me it blew me away, man. Ah, I can't wait. What isn't exactly blowing me away is this Craven the Hunter trailer here that um that was just revealed. So yeah, let's talk about this real quick because um you know it could it could very well be good. You know, let's be real. They already did Venom, which, you know, some people liked. As a fan of Venom, I'm not going to say it's a bad film. I'm just going to say it wasn't my particular cup of tea because it was it, it just it really just didn't work for me in a sense. I, you know, I read the book and I liked him better as a villain. And I know he's a hero now, but I liked him more as a villain for Spider-Man than anything. It seems like Sony is making every one of spider-man's rogue gallery including some of the biggest you know um you know villains ever like anti-heroes here and it's like you don't you don't have to do that for everybody like i get you're trying to break him bad the whole entire thing but it's just not gonna work but um here we have craven the hunter and russell crowe is in it and who else let me see craven uh and let me see uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, who was, you know, we know him as Quicksilver and we know him from uh, Kick-Ass and all that stuff. You know, he's now Craven the Hunter. Now, visually, he looks really awesome as Craven the Hunter. Um, this is the origin story of how, you know, Craven the Hunter became. Russell Crowe's playing Craven's father and he's playing this really vicious, cutthroat, bloodthirsty father who, you know, kind of turns Craven to what he is and uh again this is kind of a change up here because you know they're telling the story of craven there's some there's some liberties being taken with this story i can see it already um but how this is going to turn into him wanting to hunt spider-man 
it's going to be very interesting. So I am going to check this out. It's coming out in, you know, October. And, uh, it, it, you know, they are, they are doing a story with Calypso, which is his wife, um, who is the one that's, you know, trying to help his, you know, condition, if you will, his hunger, if you will. And, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, how they do this and how they're going to factor this in. Now we've already had Morbius, which people, a lot of unanimously people did not like, um, Venom barely got ahead and made it, you know, well, I don't want to say barely. It it did considerably good with fans. This one's going to be interesting because like most comic book fans, especially of Spider-Man like myself, Craven is awesome. Craven is an awesome character. And granted, Craven on this one is bloodthirsty. Like if you go see the Red Band trailer, this dude is ruthless. So I just need him to somehow get to the point where he's going to be hunting spider-man and he's not and they do have spiders in here by the way which kind of you know hint hint at this whole thing um it's going to be interesting to see where where this is going to lead and how this is going to weave into whatever they're doing with tom holland spider-man or whatever spider-man that they're doing next because he does still exist so they're still working on this but they just haven't really come down to bringing all these guys together the morbius um you know the venoms they almost got venom in and venom is very much all of this is tied into the uh spider-verse if you will which is also tied into the mcu so we'll see how this goes man and it looks like rhino will be in this as well a, a new version of rhino that they they kind of hinted on that so we'll see but um for what is worth aaron taylor johnson does look the part you know he's older now he you know he's older from those kick-ass days um he's more buff you know he, he he can handle himself pretty well so he got he got in mad shape just for this and you know got the beard growing and everything and now he looks the part man so i am you know as a spider-man fan i am eager to want to check it out just for that aspect alone so it's coming out october 6 2023 which will i be able to see this during that weekend because uh new york comic-con is around that time what is that oh i'll be able to see this on the 12th good it's the week before so yeah that's that'll work that'll work it's uh it's coming that's coming to 12th so that's literally a week away so i will be doing a review on that and uh we'll find out but eh, i I, i'm i don't have any high hopes for it I just want to make sure that this thing, you know, pops off and it works. And uh, speaking of the Spider-Verse, we also got to talk about something that I uh, read about on IGN recently. There's an article on IGN talking about the Sp uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse uh, movie, which is leading to a little bit of controversy due to the fact that the animators, some of the animators have claimed that they uh, are working in a... Uh, unsustainable conditions is what this says uh according to the article it says around 100 artists left the film before it was finished um that's interesting uh they it on the article explains that they have they were you know it it was reported in a uh, vulture and four animators who left the project were interviewed by vulture and they described the particular situation and experience of the project where they were working numerous hours revisions and such like that working 11 hours a day seven days a week that is that is harsh 
That is harsh. Like, I get you got a deadline. I get that. Um, but you got to get these guys a break from time to time. Look, I don't care. I, I get that there's some demand and thing. This is why I don't mind when like Square Enix in other games delay their games because it's like these guys need to break. People, you don't you don't understand until you're behind the desk or behind the register or behind you know the the, the camera or behind the scenes. You don't know until you're behind the element that makes which your love. Because behind those, there's a lot of grit and grind to all this when when it's finished it looks like you know it was done just like in a snap of a finger like no it doesn't these things takes years to do and man it, it's 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 sad to hear um that this was happening this reminds me of the uh electronic um arts situation the ea situation from years back where during the times when they were um making uh, tons of money from the lord of the ring games turns out that like ea executives were making all of the developers work in that really awesome lavish you know studio that they built strictly to you know make productivity better um turns out these they did not you know yeah you made this facility where you know there's kitchens there's you know um places where you can relax there's a yard with um you know soccer and volleyball and all that stuff it they basically made a resort where you can work but you stay problem was they made them stay way longer than they actually was somebody some of the developers didn't see their uh their families at times and they were just working overtime they were drained and they ended up getting sued for that they got sued for that and i believe that case was and on the side of the developers i believe um i gotta look back and check that out but this sounds like the same situation it's really sad that this is happening um or even reported to that sense and I, you know i will say this whatever has happened and how they got this movie out you know they got it out they managed to get out and still make it work um that's crazy a hundred artists you know, it just, just reminds me of how how artists, we are the unsung heroes of the world that is created by the people that you you torture like this. It's like we get we get no respect. You know, we create a lot of things for people to help their lives, to help make their careers to like for me, for I'll, I'll give you me an example here because I'm a graphic designer and I do a lot of you know, I do a lot of projects for companies, whether it be small business or people in entertainment. Now, people in entertainment a little bit more. I, I appreciate them a little bit more because they are also grinding and like, say, actors that I work with, whatever like that. They get it. They work. They're artists, too. So they work at the same time. There's a little bit of empathy towards our work and relationships with um, with actors and people in entertainment. Some. But then you got people who work in like small businesses or whatever like that that forget like if we don't design your brand we we design your look we design the appeal and attraction to you making your career to making your legacy you know without that proper look and feel where will you be you know we create the vision to their reality and a lot of times that get overlooked or or it it, it it gets taken for granted 
and to a lot of people, and especially in studios like this or factories or whatever, you, you're just a number in this case. And that's that's unfair. Look what's happening with the writer strike, for God's sake. The whole point of the writer strike is for this. The whole reason why they're fighting not to do the, you know, to fighting to make sure that AI doesn't take their jobs and they're getting overlooked because they're already getting underpaid as well. It's stuff like that. When you start doing stuff like that, that is so it's it's i can't come up with the articulate uh term for it there's a lot of them but in a simplistic factor it's just it's just wrong it just feels wrong it is wrong and you know you feel undervalued even though you are more valuable than anything you are an asset to everybody that you come across especially if you bust your ass and really put in that work and you know when when you when you see stuff like this you hear stuff like this it always burns me up because i've been through this before um the reason why i am no longer working in corporate environments is because of you know the treatment of it you know it, it just i i just really I, I feel for these artists i feel for these animators you work your ass off to be in this situation and then all of a sudden you know it's just done. I, I commend the, the hundred animators that left the project. Um, it's now granted there from what I understand, there was a thousand animators there, but a hundred of them, you know, took the opportunity to say, screw you. I'm out. The sad part is it should have been all of them. It should have been all of them, but you, unfortunately you're going to have some people who feel like they don't have enough power to voice their you know, to, to voice their opinions. Just think about it for a minute. Think about it for one second. What happens if everybody voiced their opinion? What can one person do? The only reason why that one person, that one percenter has the power is because of the 99% that helps them. So what happens if that 99% all in unison decides not to? Who has the power now? Which is why it shouldn't be just considered one person having power. It should be everybody working together in unison to get by. Not one person. We're out work, working these people out, these Bezos or whatever like that. We're out working these people and they're making all the money. And they're, meanwhile, these guys, these people who work in these factories, these warehouses and all these things, they're, they're still struggling to pay their bills. But this guy has a yacht in a helicopter and you know, he, he could go to the moon or whatnot, like stuff like that. But these guys don't got a fair wage or benefits or whatever like that. How I get capitalism, but capitalism should not be abused in this fashion. There needs to be a form of fairness to, and everybody needs to know their power and place. And I think that's probably the reason why I left corporate as well. And the reason why, you know, I, didn't get where I want to go because I was not going to be a yes man in that environment. And then here's the thing you could say like, okay, yeah, because you, you disagreed with, you know, you didn't want to go along with the grain. That's why you're not there. I left on my own merit to do so because I know I don't want to work for a place that can't take suggestions or criticism from a person who may have a logical understanding of how things work. But here's the deal, the place that I left virtually no longer exists. P 
because that person who was running it didn't want to know how to make decisions. They just migrated everything, you know, to, to the corporate. So it's like they laid off so many people. I didn't need to cross the ball to predict the obvious. I saw that coming. I'm out. So, you know, it, it, I, it's sad. I want to say, like, I hope that people learn from this, but this has been happening for years and it, it's just it's it's unfortunate. I just hope one day, someday people get it together and really fight for their worth because the world can be a better place if the people fight for it. That's pretty much all I'm going to say about that. One more thing I want to mention for anime Dragon Ball fans. If you are a Crunchyroll subscriber like I am and you're a Dragon Ball fan, you will be happy to know that they are finally going to be adding some new content for Dragon Balls. Technically, it's nothing new. It's actually classic content from um, from uh, Crunchyroll in the form of Dragon Ball Z. All of their movies will be all now on that platform. All the Dragon Ball Z series movies, not the supers. Um, so on June 22nd, Dragon Ball Dead uh, Zone, World Strongest, Tree of Might, Classics, La Lord Slug, Cooler's Revenge, one of my favorites, Return of Cooler, Super Android 13, which is my first true introduction to Dragon Ball Z. I, I like truly like when I, I remember the day, um, you know, my uh, neighbor, Pat, at the time, you know, I went over to his house and his brother, God rest his soul, who was into anime, he was doing, he was tape trading way before I was. It was because of him that I started, you know, buying like import uh, anime tapes and all the stuff. Cause it was there that I saw, I really like, I've been watching anime for years, like Speed Racer, Speed Racer, Transor Z, Blood Oil Planets, if you will. But it wasn't called anime back then. It was just normal cartoons. Anime was a term that really, kind of kicked in and popularized in the 90s 89 to be exact into the 90s um and it was i saw uh super android 13 which was the first time i saw a good guy get his ass whipped in the way that i've never seen anybody get their ass whipped before goku got his ass handed to him <laughs> by these group of androids and i'm looking at this i'm walking into his place and i'm looking at him like what the hell is this <laughs> and that was when i found out it was dragon ball z what i didn't know that it was also i'm like dragon ball that sounds familiar you know because if you watched cartoons quote unquote back in the day especially in philly in our you know our local uh stations like philly 57 they used to air every year a cartoon series called dragon ball which starred a little kid named goku and he went around the world and did you know in search of the dragon balls and everything and i'm like but i'm looking at this and i'm like is this in connection but the guy there has the same hairstyle as the one that i used to watch so i put two or two together I'm like whoa this is what is going on here and that was my first that was like way early in the 89 88 89 or something like that when i or 90 even and um Boy, I've been hooked on anime since. And then also my real introduction was Fist of the North Star. I used to say to people like, if you really want to handle anime, before it got, before it expanded to this billion dollar industry, it was like really underground and hardcore. I said, if you really want to know how to handle anime, watch Fist of the North Star. If you, it, you could stomach anime, because back then anime was gritty and grimy in a sense. And it was like in your face and very adult, like, 
even the kid stuff to some extent had some adultish type of things going on in Japan because that's their culture. Um, but Fist of the North Star, it was incredible. Still is. Still, it was ahead of his time. It was gritty. I'm like, first of all, this artwork looks tremendous. This is like Jim Lee, um, you know, artwork coming to life. You know, the amount of detail and everything that was in that um, that movie at the time was just unbelievable. And that was my role for a, but Dragon Ball, you know, when it came to Dragon Ball Z, my introduction was Super Android 13 and then I followed up for everything from there. And so you're getting that all those on the 22nd, June 29th, which by the way, that's already out now. Uh, that's already, yeah, it's the 25th. That just, uh, that's already out right now. So it's, you got all, the, uh, seven of those there, the 29th, they're adding more. You're getting uh dragon ball Z brawly, the legend of super saiyan. Uh, I wonder if they're going to change the voice of that one because everybody knows Vic Miana is the original voice of Brawly. You know, one of the first guests that we've ever had on this show, you know, and due to the controversy that he ended up, you know, getting canceled out and all that stuff. Um, Johnny Young Bosch, another person I actually had the pleasure of, uh, you know, doing a panel with or two, um, took over as the voice of Brawly for the super series as well. So, um, it's going to be interesting if they actually did that. Um, Bojack, uh, Unbound, one of my favorites. That's coming on the 29th as well. Brawly, Second Coming, Bio Brawly, uh, Fusion Reborn. That was a cool one. That was the Janaba episode. And Way of the Dragon. That's all coming on the 29th. Then in July, um, Dragon Ball, uh, I'm sorry, July 6th. Oh, we are getting this. Uh, Dragon Ball Z Resurrection F, which technically is the introduction to Super. Um, that's coming on July 6th and then, uh, Dragon Ball Z Brawly finally Dragon Ball Z Super Brawly is finally coming to Crunchyroll on there too. Uh, and it is coming in multiple audio languages too: English, Brazilian, Portuguese, um, Latin American, Spanish, uh, and subtitled in the U S um, as well. So all of that is coming there. So finally, now with that said, what is not there yet is the English version of Dragon Ball Super. That is still yet to be uh, put in there. I don't know because Hulu still has the rights to play Dragon Ball Super on air. So I don't know when or where, but I'm waiting for them to migrate that over because Funimation is on air. And I don't know what's still going on with the Funimation and Crunchyroll thing because when they originally started this merge, they, said, they were saying they were gonna migrate a lot of the anime that uh, Funimation have just closed it down and it's all going to be, you know, um, it's all going to be, you know, Crunchyroll from there. Funimation is still existing. It's still active. So I don't know what's going on. And, in, and on top of that, they still got anime on there. That's not, that is yet to be on there. Like they got Ramna one half and all that on there. That's not on Crunchyroll yet. So I'm like, what is going on here? I, you know, did I really have to switch for that? Now, granted, I'm not mad about it, but it's just weird. I don't know. Sometimes, like I said, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but you know, these things happen. What can you say? But they do have a large library of now English dub and subtitle on Crunchyroll, which at one point it was never any um, English dub on air at all. So, but English dub wins the war. So there. All right, folks. That will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back, and I will come back to talk about Secret Invasion, the latest Marvel series on Disney Plus, starring Samuel L. Jackson as he returns as Nick Fury, and fighting the scrolls 
and we'll talk about that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey, this is Jeff Thorne. I am the writer, producer, showrunner of the Avengers Black Panther's Quest TV series, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait. Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of Secret Invasion, Disney Plus's latest Marvel project, six-part series that is covering Nick Fury's search for these rogue scrolls that is trying to take over the world. This is the aftermath of everything that has happened from Infinity Wars and Endgame. And we're getting to see Nick Fury in a different type of way. He's a little bit vulnerable in this, and I love this. Um, and again, everything that, considering everything that's happened to me this week, I begin to empathize with him and what he's going through. And so basically the story of this, and I'll read it from Disney Plus's, uh, you know, story uh, synopsis here. In the new series, Secret War, set in the present day MCU, that means post, you know, uh, in Infinity War in game, Nick Fury learns of a clandestine invasion of Earth by a faction of shape-shifting scrolls. Fury and his allies, including Everett Ross, Maria Hill, and the scroll Talus, who we seen first in Captain Marvel and then also in uh, Spider-Man um, No Way Home. Um or far from home, you know, uh, who has, you know, made a life for himself in here. He's, he's an, he's what you call an, uh, an advocate of the scroll empire. You know, you want to say ambassador, but advocate, you know, he's a, he's a, a, a sympathizer, if you will, of the, uh, human race, <laughs> you know, by way of scrolls. Um, you know, so he's working along with him and he's working along uh, side of him for, uh, on earth. So together they're going to race against time to thwaft the imminent scroll invasion to save humanity and like i said this is more of a telling of what has happened to nick fury and why did he leave to go because if you guys remember we first learned about we saw nick fury when he was at the funeral in any game for tony stark that was like literally probably the last time we got a chance to see him from that point we then seen him we quote unquote was supposedly seen him in far from home and spider-man where he's supposedly working with nick fury but it ends up being talus and his wife and we learn that nick fury is actually in space with the scrolls and you know they're creating sword which is the um you know the shield organ it's like shield but in space pretty much so he's putting that together and which also connects to captain marvel and the marvels coming soon as well in miss marvel too and um 
we've last seen him there. He has not been in on Earth since. This series brings him back to Earth because they found out that Talos's wife um, died at the hands of this new villain. Uh, get him real quick. This new villain basically uh, called Gravik, who's played by Kingsley Ben Adair. I've seen this guy in other projects and other films before. I can't recall where I've seen. I looked at his IMDb page and I was like, I can't get a grasp of where I've seen him, but I've seen this dude before. And I like the fact that, it, it you know, he's the villain here. And like, there's, there's a lot of representation in here. Of course, as you should be surprised by now because, you know, Marvel just make sure everybody represents art. But Kingsley has a presence about him that just looks really badass. And like, he looks like he's going to be a legit threat. In, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't know how long he's going to last. He's definitely going to be there for all six episodes because he's the main antagonist here. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what he does and how he turns out. But so far in this first episode, he is a threat. He is a, a force to be reckoned with. Uh, trust me. He is the leader of this underground faction of scrolls that are trying to invade. And basically, the, the, situ the situation is as uh, Talos, uh, played by Ben... Um, Mendel Mendelssohn explains is that Captain Marvel back when the Captain Marvel movie came out, which technically from a chronological standpoint is the first should be the first movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, but back then they promised that, you know, prompt fury and, and, and uh, Carol promised that they were going to find a home for the scrolls. It's 2023 that has it's safe to say that that hasn't happened yet. Scrolls have been in on Earth for decades now, and they're tired of it. They now there's a faction led by Gravik that wants to take over that planet, and they're doing so by creating you know friction between different superpowers. Um, so they are making these wars. They're creating these wars with you know, countries like US and Russia as a front for their own uh, volition and their own plots. What I like about this is that they kind of interject a little bit of reality into this story, this espionage spy story here to make it seem like, you know, to, to talk about like, you don't know what to believe anymore that, you know, what you read online is not, may not be true and the fake news and all that stuff. So, they, and I like the fact that they're integrating the reality, you know, mindset to this idea that the scrolls are creating all this friction, you know, in, in hindsight, you would say Mark Zuckerberg is a scroll in this party as well, um, to some extent. And, you know, you, we all know the things that happened on Facebook in the past. So, you know, <laughs> here or there, and what technically was still happening to be honest, and, and not just Facebook and social media in general. Um, but we're seeing this now and Fury's now back. He, uh, by the request of Talos, um, you know, he's reunited himself with Maria Hill played by Colby Smulders, everybody's favorite, um, right hand of Fury, if you will. Um, and they're all working together to find out what's going on. And now really interestingly played here. And we talked about, we're talking about Nick Fury's vulnerability because if you notice everybody who's been, you know, who's been affected by the blip and has been affected by the events of, you know, Infinity War. We're seeing what happens to each one of them, how they are experiencing it. Nick Fury is not immune 
or exempt to any of this. This is like, you know, the pandemic. There's not one person, and I say this all the time. I've said it to Mike Landy of our ACMG Facebook group. I, I, I've said this to him when we met in person. There's not one person on earth, on this planet, that has not been affected by the pandemic mentally. Some of all of us have been hit hard, whether it was based on the fact that people were dying from this disease, whether people um, were affected by the, you know, the um, the quarantining aspect, whether people were affected by the isolation and, 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 and stuff. And and then the race factors and the race issues that were happening during that time, too. It, we all got affected at some point. So it's it would be unrealistic if people were, be, were just walking around as if, all right, I got blipped for five years and I'm okay. No, you were affected. Look what happened to um, to Monroe, uh, Mar uh, Rambo, um, Marie, uh, uh, I forgot her name, from um, WandaVision. You know, who's the daughter of, um, you know, Carol's... Uh, you know, best friend who died of cancer, but they had a blip who, you know, took her away for five years. She comes back and her mom is gone. You know, um, even Peter Parker got affected because, you know, he blipped too, but also not only that, his mentor died, you know, just Tony, Tony Stark, um, who also Tony Stark was affected after the events of, uh, Avengers, the new, the battle of New York, he was affected. He had PTSD after that. So I like the fact that they really factor these in and Nick Fury as strong and as headstrong and as strategic and, and cerebral as he is, he's got, he's battle warned. He's battle warned and torn mentally. I like that aspect. It brings a bit more dimension to him. He's not the Nick Fury who is like three steps ahead this time around. He's drained. He thought that he had to answer for everything. He thought that, you know, he was getting ahead of the game when he first discovered the fact that scrolls exist and Captain Marvel was exist and why he needed the Avengers. He thought he had it all planned. And then he also has PTSD of his own right because he got blipped. And when he got blipped, he's thinking like, if that can happen to me, what's the point of shield? Why do we even have a defense? What can I do? I'm just, he, for, for the first time ever, Nick Fury feels human. And now he's trying to get back on his feet and trying to get his mindset back because now he has to, or the, this, this rogue amount of scrolls is going to take over the planet and get rid of everybody in the planet. And there was a scene where Talos talks about like, if we don't get this, if we don't nip this in the bud, human existence is, is going to cease to exist. And when he said that Fury jumped in fear, and it's something that you would never see him do on a normal basis. Like he, if you look at Nick Fury, when back from Iron Man one, this dude don't flinch. He never flinches that dude. The minute he said human in the race will cease to exist. He popped. He's something snapped in his head. And I like that. And we're going to see him get through his demons, per, you would say, per se, in this six episode series in here, too. Also, 
in here is Emily Clark. Yes, the mother of dragons herself has entered the MCU as Gaia, who is the daughter of Talos and his wife. She unfortunately is working with Gravik, um, thinking that she's doing the right thing. Unbeknownst to her, that Gravitz is the reason why Talos's wife, her mother, died. She was unaware of this. She had no clue as to what was going on here, and she found out. So we don't know. We know that she kind of is now thinking over which, you know, her plans to be working with graphics here. But to what extent? I, I, I don't think I, I'm not ready convinced. I'm not ready. I'm not yet ready to be convinced that Gaia is going to be working with Talos. I'm not yet ready to convince that there's a lot about this series that's going to create a lot of conspiracy theories and it's already had due to the events of what happened at the end of this episode and let's just go right to it well first of all I, I would also say that Martin Freeman is returning uh, or he returned as Agent Everett Ross but he wasn't really Agent Everett Ross. He was, in fact, a scroll pretending to be him. And this led off to everything. And I don't, from the looks of what I see on IMDb, which, by the way, when it comes to Marvel films and, and, and series, it's hard for me to really go off from the information that has been revealed, released on IMDb because of the secrets that they keep. And this whole thing's about keeping secrets. <laughs> If in the past, if you haven't heard any of my reviews, a lot of times IMDb, well, it's not IMDb itself. IMDb is this, is a another social, it's not a social network, but it's a network where people can put their own information on here. It's not IMDb doing it. You pay a certain fee to get your information on here. You sign up for, you sign up for IMDb and you enter that information. And if you're doing a project, uh, a movie project or whatever like that you put your data information in there so that means marvel has control of their account um people have control of their accounts i have an account on there too i have a credit or two somewhere in there <laughs> imdb myself um they control their account so they can put in whatever they want on there meaning a lot of the information on there such as casting and how many episodes they're going to be or whatever like that may not be true until like all the episodes are shown they won't reveal certain people who are going to be involved in this in in a series until the series is revealed so everett ross it seems like he's going to be here for one episode and that's it um that could be true that could not be true kobe smolders on the other hand they have her down for five episodes now granted that leads us to talk about what's going to happen at the end. But before I do that, we also saw Don Cheadle in here too. Now, they have on here that John Don Cheadle is only on one episode, which is very possible because he's, he's appeared in other projects before too. He, he was in, um, what, the first episode of... He was in the first episode of um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well. And he appeared in other places too because he, you know he's gearing up to be he's going to be gearing up to be on um his own show the armor wars and all that stuff so they're just slowly integrating him in but i don't know it, he may be in, in the episode again or maybe not we'll see but he was there to report that you know fury and hill have kind of gone awol in his case so they're gonna have to find him 
will, will this be the last time we see him? I don't know. We'll see. So, um, we also had this, had the appearance of Olivia Coleman, who, uh, is playing uh, secret agent Sonia, uh, Forthworth, somewhat of a, you know, frenemy of Fury, if you will. And they were, it looks like they're going to be working together too, but you know, she's going to handle things her way in terms of the scrolls and Fury's going to handle it this way. He's trying to find the leads to Gravis before all this happens. Gravis is well aware of who Fury is and he's willing to take play chess with him. So we'll see. Um, there is a moment here where, you know, Maria and, and uh, Fury have a moment where they're in a bar and they're playing chess and they, you know, she's trying to get out of him, you know, why he came back and, you know, how much, you know, all the events of Endgame affected him and how beat down in the brain he is in terms of like just his mental state of being able to handle a huge, you know, um, operation like this. Is he going to be ready for it? We'll see. But we found out at the end it's gotten bigger because they've, you know, Gaia told them that they were going to uh, bomb an event in this, this festival event that's coming out and they were trying to meet up with them and it just turned really bad it's like trying to find scrolls who could change and you know morph into every you know different people it's one thing the coolest part about that scene was when gravitz came by and he came by as this little girl who just <laughs> stopped and creepily looked at fury <laughs> as he's going along and fury knew something was up and he decided to follow this kid dude the kid ended up turning to this older man and then turned into this woman and then eventually turned to gravitz while he's while he's following him Maria and Talis are both trying to find the people who are holding the bombs. That was Gaia themselves, but it became a diversion situation. Didn't work out. They end up getting the bombs. They didn't, they never get the bombs. Gravitz ends up showing his true, his actual true human self, uh, his, his primary human self. Um, and then he ignites the bomb. The bomb goes off. Everything goes crazy. Uh, and then at the end, he manages to get away from fury. But Fury comes up to Maria Hill and Maria thinks that it's Fury only to find out that she gets gutted with a bullet in the midsection of her body, a fatal section it looks like. And she figures out like, that's not him. Fury hears the shot and then kind of sees what's going on. It goes in, goes to um, Maria. Maria doesn't say anything. She just goes out of breath and apparently maria hill is dead first of all kudos to marvel somehow some way for not getting that leaked <laughs> i don't know how to this did not get leaked at all it's amazing again Maria's gonna be in five different episodes this could be her doing flashback episodes this could be her doing something this could be Maria as a scroll, possibly. We don't know what the hell is going to happen next week. We just know that that's how they ended this movie. I mean, this movie. Yeah, that's how they ended this series with this movie budget, I might add. And we don't know. They left us cold with this situation. Like, and I'm looking at Eric not killing off Maria Hill. Now, even though IMDb says that she's in for five episodes, we don't know how she's going to be implemented into these episodes. Are they going to look, are they going to have her 
as flashbacks are they gonna have a scroll you know take the bullet and then she's actually still alive hell is lmds still exist in here which by the way it would be nice if a lmd named phil Coulson will somehow make it in this series but i don't know we don't that if god i swear to goodness if they did that if somehow some way if they got phil Coulson to make a comeback in this series shutting down all of the stupid things that kevin feige said about agents of shield i would go off on that i would love that okay there's no reason why they couldn't do this why not bring phil Coulson in he's supposed to be like traveling around the world why not bring him in he's an lmd now okay it you know things have happened let's go with this so i don't know man i don't know it, this is gonna be crazy this is gonna be a crazy crazy six episodes but the first episode was so awesome it was fantastic i am so ready for what's happening the first episode called resurrection um man this is gonna we're going for a hell of a ride these six episodes here so get ready if you haven't checked it out it's on disney plus right now and it'll be appearing i believe probably every wednesday a new episode will come so uh, yeah the next episode is on the 28th which is a wednesday which is also the day that aew fight forever should be unlocked for everybody to play so um for those who got the elite version so go ahead check it out you do not want to miss this series this looks like it's going to be a banger so folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live thank you guys so very much and once again to all the members of the acmg facebook group thank you whether you do the ones that know about it the ones that reach out the ones that are looking to continue to support the ones who've been there for 10 years thank you i don't know if all of you are gonna come back or even know what was going on but we're gonna start this again we're gonna keep going and keep it growing as we always have um we're just we're gonna keep it going talk time live we'll continue to grow we got a lot of things going on with talk time live we're going to make this happen uh no matter what batman has not left gotham so any of the road gallery that is hoping that batman is going to go away so you can wreak havoc into that city uh-uh i'm still here <laughs> so more power to you so folks if you love this episode and every episode of talk time live you can check out all of our content on our official webpage at talktimelive.com all of our audio episodes like this one and our video exclusives that is including video interviews with some of the best in the business some of your favorite actors your gamers your game uh developers producers whatever we got a lot of great people here uh great content that you can you know be entertained by and learn from as well so check it out there and also we got you know loads of content in our blog page that is you know there for you to be entertained the peter cullen q a is there i would highly recommend you check that out it really it's it, it's gotten great great reception from people it is one of my best filmed you know um projects that i've done just awesome just fantastic way it's been filmed way i put it together everything and it's based on one of my all-time favorite actors of my childhood I, you know thank you fan expo again for allowing me to get that whole entire footage there so i'm just really just really incredible but check it out it's there 
Um, and you know, just keep supporting it from there. If you want to subscribe and download on your favorite podcast platforms, you could do so on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora, you name it. We are there. We're everywhere. Podcasts are played. And again, um, it's going to be a crazy week because this is going to be the last week of podcasts as I'm going to be on vacation. I'm actually going to be chilling for a week. I'm going away. I very well deserved at this point with everything that is going on in June. Um, so I'll be taking a break for a week. Um, but in the meantime, I will be giving a standalone review of Final Fantasy. I'm still currently playing right now. I should be beating that soon. Um, AEW Fight Forever, I will be doing as well. And that's going to be a video and audio project um, that I'm going to be doing because we said it was going to happen. And I will be joined by Boris Aguilar of Sunday night's main event, who, who, who better to do a review with and talk about what we thought about this game than him. So we'll be doing a video and audio edition of that one as well. But, um, after that, and then also I will be back with him to, uh, on, uh, Saturday as well to do the, um, rampage ramble podcast where we're going to, a lot of the things that I was going to talk about this week, I'm going to be talking about there. So like Indiana Jones, uh, uh, the latest Indiana Jones movie I'm going to check out. I'm going to try to check out because I'm going to have a lot to do. Um, and then we'll talk about everything that I didn't or I won't get to talk about this weekend on air. Plus um, the episode of Rampage that eve, uh, for that week to the aftermath of everything that's going to happen tonight, which is AEW Forbidden Door. It's going to be one of the biggest events of the year for wrestling fans. And uh, it's awesome. And Boris and the uh, TSN radio crew of talk of Sunday night's main event is there live this weekend. So I know they're enjoying themselves and I know they will enjoy themselves tonight. So, you know, kudos to the team over there. I really, I, I'm so glad that they're having a great time there. It's AEW. They don't disappoint for the most part. So folks, that will do it for me. Thank you again. And uh, that'll do it on behalf of myself. This is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care and have a great and safe week, people. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.